getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. I'm the co-host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show weekdays right here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4 local time. My co-host is RJ Choppy. RJ, of course, the co-host of Shan and RJ, Monday through Friday, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 105.3, the fan in Dallas. He's on Twitter, at RJ Choppy. RJ, how are you, my man? Uh, I am great. This is, uh, we are getting there. We are getting to that time of year where everything starts to come together. Uh, all these nonsense preseason rankings are out the door. The real rankings are right around the corner. Loving it. Yeah, there's no question. It's I've mentioned on the show before, one of my big pet peeves is how the playoff dictates everything now. It dictates conversation and whatnot. And it's annoying to me from this perspective of, guys, in September, we have no idea. We thought Ohio State was dead in September. We thought they had multiple losses coming. And then you watch the calendar turn to October. You see that team start to find some form. And it looks like now we took a circuitous route, but it feels as if Ohio State's inevitable, but let's get into the playoff discussion because I do think this is when it's going to start to matter. We'll see our first look at the rankings coming out on Tuesday. We have three ranked versus ranked matchups, but we also, I think, kind of have some games that are going to kind of start to give us the picture of where we're headed. Let's start first with Ohio State. We've been mentioning on the show, had they flipped the switch, and I think Mm -hmm. saw what they did to Indiana I know a lot of people want to see more from them against a more quality opponent, but I have the question for you. Are we going to learn anything this week with them taking on Penn State? <laughs> Not after what I saw from Penn State last week. Oh, boy. Uh, right? I mean, there's some Reps. there's some, there's some 6A teams in Texas that might have been able to score off of Penn State in that overtime. Uh, it was, that, was, that, was a, that was a joke. Uh, so I don't even know what we're going to figure out about Ohio State. Ohio State – that uh, you're right. They went from dead to anonymous to holy cow, they're back in like three yes. weeks. You don't see that. Like, you know, and they didn't have this, you know, earth shattering victory in there. They just no. started playing well. No, they beat like, Rutgers, Maryland, and then Indiana. It's not as if there's a win in there that you go, oh my God, they're back. But at the same time, I think there's just an element of it's not only that they're just winning and winning big it's they're throttling them and when you watch the first series you're like this game is over yeah oh yeah and you know like they they've um they, they've just played better like you know they, they they've they've played poor competition but they've looked good playing poor competition you know last week cincinnati did not look very good playing a bad team in navy uh and, and you know even if you didn't see the game you see and and who knows how much of the game the committee watches they see the final score it's a seven point game Ohio State's not doing that. Ohio State's putting it to people, and that's to their credit. And that's where we'll find out where they are next week when it comes to the committee because they're an interesting they're, – they're a, they're a team that, you know, if the committee's just looking at it from a TV set standpoint, they're going to get in. They bring, a lot of, they bring a lot of eyeballs, right? George yes, brings they eyeballs. Are a, they are a brand of brands, yes. Yes. Uh, Alabama brings eyeballs. Uh, Oklahoma you know, brings eyeballs, but, but Oklahoma's not, they don't have the same amount of eyeball sets, TV sets that Ohio state's going to bring, even though Oklahoma's a brand of brand, it's not Ohio state. No, I, I know this might be heresy where you are, but 
I had talked to TV people that said, you know, what would have been a better version of the Longhorn Network, one that would have been more successful, was the Ohio State Network because of television sets, the national brand. But, I mean, you understand why they did the Longhorn Network at, at the time, but it speaks to me. It, to me, it speaks to the power of the Ohio State brand. Let's get into a couple of futures things, that, and then we'll get into the big games this weekend. But I wanted to start first with this thought. Are we sure two-loss Alabama is out? Because when you start to, like, dig into the numbers – you look into probabilities, and more importantly, you look at Vegas odds. Vegas still believes that Georgia and Bama are headed for a crash course and that Georgia's going to win, but at the same time, they're not penalizing Alabama for that. Are we sure two loss Alabama's not in this? Where's the second loss, I guess, is my next question. Yeah, let's, let's assume in this scenario they lose in the title SEC title game to Georgia. I think they can get in because their loss would be um, against A&M on the road and against Georgia in a neutral site. You know, if you lose it at home, like, you know, I'd rather have two losses, one on the other of two road losses than one home loss. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's just me. You know, like if I'm looking at it from the committee standpoint, you know, Ohio State loses a home game to a team that never plays there, so you would think there'd be some shell shock with Oregon coming in. Or do you lose a road and a neutral site game? I mean, I would rather lose twice away from home than once at home. But I'm not, I'm not ready to say a two-loss Alabama's out. You know, does Oklahoma run the table? Does Cincinnati run the table? Does Ohio State run the table? You know, obviously Georgia, those are your competition. Um, would I take a two-loss Alabama? Yeah. I would over who I don't know. I I, I want to see Cincinnati in there just for sheer entertainment standpoint. I want to see like this is probably the best uh, group of five team that we've seen. Maybe outside of that Boise team from what? Oh, four. Right. Maybe outside of the first undefeated UCF team. I thought they passed the eye test because they could really run. They they were very fast. And you look at that roster. They had pros on it. I. I don't know, man. There's just something about Cincinnati. I think one of the, I think to me, the most interesting question of when the rankings come out on Tuesday is what do they do with Cincinnati? Because if you look at kind of historically how they've ranked it, oftentimes it reflects ESPN's strength of record. And right now, currently, Cincinnati is sitting at eight there. They are behind Ole Miss, who has a loss to Alabama, Wake Forest, who I do think is a wild card in this, I don't – at a certain point, like, I know we're all expecting Wake to lose, but it's a well-coached football team and a down ACC. I'm not convinced that they for sure lose. I personally would rather see Wake in there than Cincinnati because I think Wake's more fun. Like, Wake's actually has an offense that doesn't make me want to just punch myself in the face every single time that I watch it, and it, they don't have Desmond Ritter playing quarterback, who I still don't understand why people think he's good. But I just look at it, and you look at it, Cincinnati's sitting there at eight. That's about where UCF started when they were undefeated. I think there's a decent chance that's where Cincinnati starts getting ranked. And I think if they start there, they need a lot of chaos for them to actually get in. Man, I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned an ACC. I am Team Pitt. I want to oh, see I Kenny, love Pickett. Kenny Pickett. I love Kenny Pickett, too. But yeah. I think there's a problem of not only, as you mentioned, when you lose at home, it matters to you because I completely agree with you. But what if you lose at home to Western Michigan? And I know yeah. Pickett got – got knocked out of that game, but yeah. 
man, that's a that's like kind of the that's the one you know you come up on the report card and you got to really explain it to your parents. That's a tough sell. It is. It is a tough sell. Um, you know, listen, I, I think Cincinnati has one of two things that can happen to them on Tuesday. They're either ranked number two or they're ranked number eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Like, you, it, it's, it's either they are firmly in, and the committee tells them at number two, if you guys win out, you're in, or they're put far enough down where the committee tells them, you are a last resort for us. Yeah. And we have we want nothing to do with you, but we'll put you kind of close, high enough to give you that carrot. But you still got to beat SMU, and you better beat SMU, and you better hope SMU is undefeated, and you better beat them by three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I completely agree because now we're starting to see that Indiana win is like that's the other thing that that gets kind of dismissed. I understand there's a portion of let's be real, our profession that is really, really pushing for Cincinnati. I don't honestly care one way or the other because, you know, we're talking in the end, we're talking about the four spot. And usually this is, this is usually whoever just goes and gets sacrificed to the Lambs, unless Alabama backdoors into the four spot without winning their own division. Like that's like in general, what we've been seeing, or, you know, the first Ohio state team that won the title, they got in as the four, but for the most part, when we see the four seed, like they just end up going and getting killed. But one thing I think that can help kind of separate things, we got Michigan, Michigan State. And if you take a look at the Big Ten coming up here in the next three weeks or so, they're going to start to kind of have opportunities to separate themselves. How do you view this game? Because Michigan State right now getting four at home, and I think there's this idea of, and these two teams are the same, just give me the four points. But then you start to kind of dig in and you realize Michigan State probably deserves credit for for being super well coached and prepared. Yeah. I just think Michigan's better. I think Michigan's better. I I think you know for, I think Michigan State's better coached. Yeah. Um look, I'll tell I you. I think that. Michigan State has been more opportunistic and I I've been on Michigan State earlier this year but when you take a look at it they're both better defensive teams than offensive teams. Yeah. But Michigan's a top 5 a top 5 defense under, you know, most metrics that most people care about SP plus success rate. They're a top five defense. Whereas Michigan state's more of a top 15 defense. They're both Michigan's offense is more efficient and probably sustainable, but Michigan state's offense is more explosive. I just look at the teams that have given Michigan problems on defense. It's teams that have explosive wide receivers and that's not what Michigan state is. Right. Uh, look, I, I I think this could be one of those games huh, where we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. But we look up and it's the beginning of the fourth quarter, and it's thirteen seven. Oh yeah. Right. Like, I I think the under a big is, a big moon special. Yeah. I mean, it's fifty and a half. Well, we're gonna get into one a little bit later. You, you catch a look at that point total in Madison. No, I, didn't know. I don't think I saw that. I don't think I paid attention to that one. Iowa, um, Wisconsin, 36 and a half, the total. <laughs> that is a service academy total. Yeah, that's a service that's academy. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. But, like, I, I look at Michigan, Michigan State, I'm like, these two teams couldn't score 50 points combined if you gave them eight quarters. Like, at least I don't think against each other. I don't know you if know, they want to. Oh, yeah. 
I think Mel Tucker's yeah. probably cool getting into the 50s. I'm not convinced that Harbaugh – I think Harbaugh's perfect win is, like, 28 to nothing. Like, that's yeah. a, a touchdown a quarter. You didn't allow them to score. Like, that's his perfect football game. Yeah. So, I'm just looking at, like, man, this could be one of those games where you're looking forward to it, and then all of a sudden you look up and they've barely scored a touchdown. It's like they've been, they've been playing between the 40s, not even between the 20s. They've been mm. playing between the 40s the entire game. Yes, it's the first top 10 matchup between Michigan and Michigan State since 1964. Michigan State has failed to cover any of its last seven games against a top 10 opponent. Another ranked matchup that we have, Ole Miss goes to Auburn. Auburn currently, I believe, a two-point favorite. It's been kind of fluctuating between a point and a half and three, depending on your, uh, shall we say, uh, book of choice. I think this is a fascinating game from this sense, RJ. I kind of get the sense that we talked about this. The one thing that scared me when Ole Miss went to play Alabama, because I liked Ole Miss in that game. The thing that scared me was everyone liked Ole Miss in this game. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is the reverse. It feels like everyone I'm listening to is saying, it's Auburn at home, man. Like, it's Auburn at home. Like, what are you doing? Just take Auburn. Like, they've been looking better. They've been looking better. I don't know, man. Like, Auburn has not played a top 20 defense or top 20 offense so far this year, including Georgia. Almost the top five offense. Like, I do think that this might be an opportunity for the Rebs, and I think they're kind of getting undervalued here. I think they are. I like Ole Miss in this game. Um, I, I know that a lot of the, the, the numbers say, no, roll with Auburn, roll with Auburn. I just don't get it. You know, and I know Ole Miss on the road offensively is is way different than what they are at home but you can Correct. say that uh, a lot on of average time. on average 20 points epa at home two on the road yeah. and if you just want to go if you just want to go you know normie numbers they average basically 10 more points per game uh at home yeah and, and look i get it right a lot of teams find it easier to play at home you know you don't have to do your silent snap counts you don't have to worry about the crowd noise and arbor's a very i mean that's i mean that may have been the loudest stadium I've ever been to. Um, I agree. I, I I was there in 03, and, like, I, I still can hear, like, ringing in my ears when I think about it at times how loud it yeah. got. Oh, no, it's it's crazy loud there, man, uh, especially being in the right part of the stadium. But so, like, it, it's a tough place to play. But, you know, more often than not, I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback, and Matt Corral is the better quarterback. Uh, that doesn't mean that that old Bo can't play. It just means that he's not Matt Corral. And Matt Corral is a Heisman contender. Legit. Oh, no. I mean, that's kind of where it boils down to for me. I've been, I've been, I've been finding a little more gambling form recently, and I'm basically asking myself one question. Which team's got the better quarterback? It's been a pretty effective formula so far. And, you know, if you look at it with Ole Miss, there's whisper. I know everyone wants to point out that they're banged up. I think they might be getting Braylon Sanders back, and he's their deep threat. I just think it's a good opportunity for Ole Miss with kind of everyone talking more about Auburn. Coming up next, we'll tell you which underdogs are poised to win out right. We've got upset alert coming up next. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. This is BetQLU. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. He's RJ Choppy. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me 
at jwright929ESPN. Let's find out who's on Upset Alert. Upset Alert. All right, RJ, much in the vein of Iowa State last week in which they were the unranked team going up against a top 10 team in Oklahoma State. We've got Iowa's turn this time. They are the top 10 team. They go to Camp Randall to take on Wisconsin. Does this count as an upset? Because (laughs) right now, Iowa's catching about plus 155. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't just take Iowa. These two teams are the same, and to me, like, why not? Like, why not just take Iowa? Yeah, like, we forget Iowa was, like, number two in the nation a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, for, we're conveniently forgetting that. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. This is one of those just like, yeah, go ahead and take them. I, I, I think they'll be fine there. I, I would I would absolutely do that. Um, if I'm looking, if I was going to take this game, I was the way I would go. Yeah, I was not one at Camp Randall since 2015. However, the last three times that I was been an underdog, the Hawkeyes have won the game outright by double digits. Also, this is the third time an AP top 10 team this year is an underdog against an unranked team. Last year, Oregon, or beg your pardon, last week, Oregon beat UCLA. Oklahoma State covered last week as well against Iowa State. If you date it back to 2004, it's 15 games. The top 10 team versus the unranked team is 12 and three against the spread nine and one. So at least might as well take the three and a half. But to me, like I, I think very much that Iowa can win this game outright. Any other games that you're looking at? Any other people that you want to put on upset alert? Uh, yeah, and I don't know if this is like an upset because the team's not like the, neither team is great here. But uh, I like Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech. I know Virginia Tech is getting four points, uh, and I, this is a BetQL four-star bet here. Uh, th- this is a game where it probably should be Virginia Tech favored by a half point to a point. If you want to have it at a pick, I'm fine. But you know, when I see ninety percent of the sharp money on one team, that'll yeah. raise an eyebrow to me. And, I, you know, I see Virginia Tech as just the better team. I don't know if part of that is I can't get this slow-it-down Georgia Tech out of my mind, but I'm taking Virginia Tech here. Give me the points. I will take the plus four in Vontech and put them on under, alert. Under Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech at home, one in three as a home favorite. So I'm with you. One thing we've established in the ACC this year is that the points don't really matter. When you look at it against the spread, underdogs in the ACC and conference play 18 and 10 thus far on the year. I don't know if this counts. My rule for the Mountain West, we mentioned it last segment, whoever has the better quarterback, just take that team. To me, Fresno has the better quarterback than San Diego State. It's not a massive upset. I think you can get plus 105 right now. I kind of like that one as well. And then the other team that I'm putting on upset alert, I kind of like UCLA in this spot. I know Dorian Thompson-Robinson got hurt last week, but more importantly, this is just a play of, I believe whoever's playing quarterback for UCLA, they're going to be able to run the football. And this isn't Big Brothers Utah. They've not been very good against the run this year. I just kind of like it right there. Get plus 200. Give me the Bruins. Man, it's interesting you bring that up about Fresno State because we've got a – we have a text program on my radio station where you can text in with listeners or listeners can text in. And one of the texters is a guy who used to play in the NFL, Tyler Klutz, who was a, like a fullback for the yeah, Cowboys. I remember him. And, and he was a, a Fresno State guy. 
And we were just I, – I think it may have been the UCLA – I don't remember what game it was, but it may have been the UCLA game. Uh, and he was like, dude, I'm telling you, Fresno State, they can play. They're a solid team. Look up their quarterback. And I'm looking up like, oh, this guy was at UW, right? Okay, that's, that's, that's a power five QB. That's a highly touted quarterback. And it's very similar to what Tanner Mordecai's got at SMU, you know, who was at Oklahoma, very well recruited, respected, you know, loses out of the job, decides to transfer out, go to a smaller school, and dominate. And, and man, I like the Fresno State pick. I, I mean, I think that when you have, you know, just, just pick the better quarterback, you're going to wind up winning most of these games anyway, regardless of college or NFL. I'm personally not taking this, as we mentioned during the first segment. We've got Georgia, Florida. There is kind of an element of when we look at this season in college football where it's just been kind of chaotic a little bit, does feel like the if you want to follow the principle of wouldn't it be hilarious wouldn't it be hilarious if florida beat georgia like that i if you want to yeah. go and do that so be it i'm obviously not getting on that ship but i do think that is a like that would kind of there's no real numbers behind it for me but it would just kind of fit with college football this season uh as as many florida gator fans will tell you death taxes and florida beats georgia and that's just kind of what it is uh now that that's changed a little bit you know, as Georgia has vaulted and Florida's kind, Florida's of, kind of leveled out and stumbled, but it would it would be wild if Florida won this game. I, I a lot of times I can see an upset coming. Like I'll, I'll be for, first to admit, I didn't see the A and M beating Alabama upset coming. Considering I, I, I see. that game four ways, I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming, and I would be I, I do not see this Florida team beating Georgia, but I mean I guess I guess it wouldn't stun me. I didn't see Oregon beating Ohio State. No, I must certainly I didn't see that either. I guess if you want to actually make the case, if somebody's out there, hey, man, like I'm looking for some big dogs. Like if you want to make the case, I don't feel like Georgia's really faced a team that can line up and run it like Florida can. But I just have concerns. I mean, you know, they're still they're still juggling quarterbacks. I, I just I don't know. I, I don't really see it. Also. This is the first time Georgia has been favored by 14 points or more over Florida. The highest the spread has ever been in Georgia's favor was back in 2017 when they were 13-point favorites over the Gators. The Bulldogs won that contest 42-7. to Anything else in the top 25 that's kind of looking at you? Do you have any thoughts on Notre Dame, North Carolina? Uh, you know, that, that game, Notre Dame, North Carolina, I mean, I honestly, yeah, I want to see exactly if Notre Dame can help continue to help out Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, that, that's a good win for Cincinnati. I want to see if they can continue uh, to help them out because, quite frankly, Cincinnati needs Notre Dame to win out. Uh, and, and they're not going to get, I mean, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame beating North Carolina is not going to give them some jolt. But, I mean, it will help. I mean, the loss would be much more crippling. Uh, than anything for them. So, yeah, that is, that is kind of the intrigue I have uh, in that game because, you know, North Carolina was just, is pretty disappointing this year. You know, they had a quarterback who was maybe going to be the number one overall pick in the draft next year or the number one quarterback selected, uh, and they've just kind of really fallen and stumbled on themselves. Yeah, if you need some more notes on that game, Notre Dame has won each of its past 35 games as a favorite. Its last outright loss as a favorite came back in 2017. Stanford, this is the sixth time during that stretch in which the Irish are favored by seven points or fewer. They have won the previous games 
by 14, 24, 22, 21, and 29 points, respectively. And also, since Mac Brown has returned to Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels are just 4-7 and seven against the spread on the road. Is there any chance, Penn St- that we're all just blindly overlooking Penn State in your mind? No. Penn State Me. looks like the Penn State looks like the Penn State uh, l- lately. They look like the Penn State teams when Joe Pa got to the point where he was so old that he stopped really doing anything. Yeah. It, it, it now they just look like this is a team because you know with their uniform I love their uniforms but their uniforms are only good when they're good. When they're yes, bad. That's a great point. That that's such a college football point but that is so spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Like when they're bad, they just look like, they just threw that roster together. They couldn't afford real uniforms. Yeah. This is like a practice squad that just kind of came out there. Their uh, white jerseys, when they stink, look like, yes, exactly. They look like the white practice tops. It's crazy. Yes. Uh, and, and they're not any good, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. That, that team, I have a feeling that Ohio State is going to show them what speed looks like in this game. Like, like this could be a, a, a track meet for Ohio State and a whole lot of backs of jerseys being seen by Penn State. Under James Franklin, Penn State 0-7 in true road games versus the top 10. He's only 2-5 against the spread over that time. Also, under Ryan Day, the good kids in Columbus are 13-4-1 against the spread in the Big Ten, with also 10 of those covers coming by double digits. So a double-digit cover. Those kids are just just the absolute best it's an absolute delight to continue to bet on them again this year anything else that's kind of striking you out there do you have any thoughts uva byu the bronco bowl i almost think like is it too obvious that maybe you should just take uva plus 115 wow i was thinking the other way around but you know kind of makes sense right i mean if you're going to look at it from that perspective um you know byu has done what exactly this year uh, their defense is good, we think, but yeah, they I beat mean, a lot of Pac-10 teams early or Pac-12 teams early. Yeah, like that. But if you've been watching in the last few weeks, like even last week against Washington State, it, it wasn't. They didn't exactly inspire confidence. No, they didn't. Uh, they they have not expi- inspired confidence. I, I think, you know, if you're looking at it from 1 plus 150, I, I don't think that's that bad. I mean, that, that's basically, you know, you're basically looking at even. Uh, that, that's not that bad of a bet. I, I'll tell you, what, you know, one game that intrigues me is I, I am a little intrigued by TCU and K-State. Um, yeah. I mean, TCU is – they're a really weird team to me this year. Like, they used to be one of those teams that I could say, oh, I'll bet on them. They'll, they'll cover that spread. Uh, that, that They're a good team. I don't know that they are anymore. Well, they're not. Uh, but Gary Patterson is still a very good coach. And Kansas State is that weird school that I could see them beating a quality opponent, and then I could see them laying an absolute egg. Uh, And and I know Gary Patterson wants the the quarterback to step up. He just hasn't yet. But that's an interesting game. This might be a good matchup for TCU, who only seems to get up for Texas. Yeah, to your point, this is something that makes absolutely no sense, but it's just a college football point. I weirdly have more confidence in Kansas State to beat Oklahoma than I do in them to beat TCU. Yeah. Yes. Some teams just get up for teams. Yes. Uh, and get up for certain games. And TCU is not a team that you get up for. Nobody really says, oh, man, I got that thing circled on my calendar. 
We got the uh, frogs coming, baby. Oh, baby. Those frogs, those purple jerseys and silver helmets. I can't wait to go play them at Eamon Carter. Uh, you know, and, and the same thing is for K-State. Like, nobody really gets up for K-State anymore. It, it's, uh, it, it's a game that is it's, it's destined for 11 a.m. It's one of those games that you mm. sleepwalk until you get to the 2.30 oh, yeah. game. Yeah, you can wake up. It's on It's on ESPN2. It's yep. the old Beth Moen special. Yeah, you can see it. It's yeah. like 60 degrees there in, in cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can picture it nicely. All right, here's one that I don't – what am I missing here? Taking a look at that Kentucky-Mississippi State line. What do you got? It's minus one right now for Mississippi State. This, this line stinks to me. Like, does Kentucky count as an underdog there? Because if so, I kind of want the Wildcats. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, what Why am I missing? They, yeah, I mean, they're still a top 15 team. And, you know, Mississippi State, quite frankly, isn't very good. Right? No, like they're, 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 not, they're not bad, but they're not good. Like, they, they offensively, they're just kind of ball controly. They, they still turn over a little much. And then defensively, they're very physical. But if you've got some speed on the outside, you can give them problems. But they are very physical. Yeah, I, I just don't. But, well, there was a game a couple of weeks ago where we just didn't get the. Oh, right. It was it was Michigan, Nebraska. Yes. Right. It was, well, that was what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what, what, yeah, it was three points. Right. It was what, what's yeah. going on here. And, and, and I think it's kind of the same thing here. Like, I I. I, I just did looked right over this thing. I didn't even get. Like, I don't get it. Why? Why is Kentucky a top twelve team? Right there at a one point game, it doesn't make any sense. It would. And and why is it? Why is it only a one star bet too? Yeah. I, I think it's metrically Mississippi State, is, one of those teams that, the numbers really like because, they're very efficient. On defense, they have a lot of they have a high success rate. Like they get they give up the big play, but on down to down, they're very successful. And then offensively, you know, everyone thinks air raid. Oh, you're just throwing all the time. It's really just ball control. I mean, it's a lot of yeah. short passes, and so they're able to kind of control the clock. Metrics typically like teams that are very efficient, and they're pretty efficient on both sides of the ball. Has has Mike Leach disappointed you in the SEC? No, we've gotten the full Mike. We've gotten the full Mike Leach experience. Like, yeah. I, you know, you get LSU with, you get, they get the LSU win last year, with the record-setting performance. They turn around the next week and lose to Arkansas. Like, you get the A and M game this year. They lose to Memphis. Like, it's the full Mike Leach experience. It's the yeah. most exciting seven and five, eight and four that you can ask for. It's great. You gotta love it. You gotta love it when you get something like that. I, I just, you know, I, I don't see how they are that close to the point spread to Kentucky. Kentucky's a top 15 team. Coming up next, we'll find out which game RJ thinks the Sharps are waiting to bite on, plus our best bets for the weekend. we got the card coming up next as well. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. This is BetQLU. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. And we welcome you back to BetQLU. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. We're with you each and every week. And one of my favorite segments of the week is RJ's head fake game. Let's get into it. Head fake games. 
All right, so this is the head fake game of the weekend. If you're new to this and you don't know what a head fake is, you need a reminder. This is basically where you imagine yourself in fantasy make-believe land that you're a giant betting syndicate. And whatever bet you make, the casinos take notice and they change the line. So what you're going to do is you're going to fake the casino out. If you like a team to cover the seven, then you bet the team that is giving the point or getting the points, right? You like, let's just say you're uh, liking uh, Clemson minus nine against Florida State. You bet Florida State plus the nine, small bet, so you can come over the top and hammer Clemson with a bigger bet. So my head fake game this week is Houston and SMU. Houston is either a point or a pick game. Either Houston's a point favorite or it's a pick And I just don't get it. Tanner Mordecai has had a fantastic season. I know Houston has won like six in a row. I know Holgerson's got things going on down there. But when 94% of the sharp money is on one team, I'm going to pay attention to that one. SMU has gone out there and completely destroyed everybody that they've played this year. Uh, I am taking – not, it's not like they're giving points. It's a pick them, and sometimes they're getting one, depending on where you can see it. Yeah. Small bet on Houston – get some more points at SMU favor, hammer the Mustangs over the top. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That I think I feel the exact same way about that game that you do, which is like, what am I what am I missing here? Like, yeah. You know, Houston Houston to me, I, and this is probably cuz I bet them I think 3 times and I'm 0 and 3. I can't ever get on the right side of Houston for whatever <laughs> reason. Like I have no idea what they're doing, but uh, I I'm with you, man. SMU has when they when they take care of the football, like they've been pretty yeah. dominant thus far all right let's get into the betting cards the betting card all right rj as always i yield to you all right uh let's see i have a uh a small eight card uh eight game card plus the pizza money parlay which i'll get to uh first up florida state plus nine and a half against clemson uh why because well, clemson's not nine and a half points better than anybody you have to convince me that Clemson can even score 10 points before I take them plus nine and a half, minus nine and a half. I'm going to take SMU, uh, FSU, might be even a backdoor cover. Give me Boston College plus six and a half against Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse has done a much better job this year, but I'm taking BC plus six and a half. Buffalo, minus 13 and a half against Bowling Green. That's a five-star bet, QL bet. Uh, love Buffalo on that one. I like Virginia Tech plus the four against Georgia Tech, and it seems that the Sharps are on Virginia Tech as well with 90% of the money. Uh, give me Wake Forest minus 16.5 against Duke. Why? Because the last two road games Duke has played in conference, they have been outscored 86-7. to I'm yeah, I say think it again. might be time for our boy David Cutcliffe. Yeah, I know. It might be. It might be. It just, it's been a good run, though. I mean, he's made it relevant. Run. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, the under 50 and a half. Uh, I like SMU as a, as a pick em. Uh And then Rutgers, minus one and a half against uh, the Illini, who are coming off a nine overtime extravaganza. Uh, and then finally, the pizza money parlay for you. This is a $10 bet. I've got a four-team parlay. Usually four-team pays you about 11 and a half to 12 to one. This will pay you 23 and a half to one. Virginia Tech money line, TCU money line, Boise State money line, 
and Ole Miss money line. Those teams, those four, ten bucks will pay you two thirty-five. That is your pizza money parlay. I love it. I love it on that one. I think that one I'm actually playing this week. All right, hey. I've got. I think I've got a tight little fifteen play card. I mean, we're you know during <laughs> conference play, I got to get in. You know, it's out of the twenties. It's into the the teens. But let's start first. I'm taking Iowa plus three and a half. Top ten underdogs against unranked teams that are. Uh, against unranked teams are 12 and three against the spread. Give me the Hawkeyes. I'm taking Michigan minus four. This is for me. This is mainly just kind of a gut play. Like I think Michigan being eight and zero feels a lot more likely than Michigan State being eight and zero. Like I just kind of when you picture it. Yeah. So there's there's an element of that for me. As mentioned, I've also got Vatech plus four. It's a bet well five star bet. Also Georgia Tech one and three as a favorite. I'm taking Texas plus two and a half because I know this is definitely a trap, but both teams coming off a bye with Texas and Baylor. The best player on the field is Bajan Robinson. Give me the best player on the field. I'll take that. I like Iowa State minus seven and a half. Iowa State against West Virginia. The last two years, or by bigger pardon, the last three years, they have outscored the Mountaineers 110 to 34. Give me Iowa State minus seven. For a lot of the same reasons that you were mentioned in the Florida State Clemson game, I like under 47 and a half. I don't really trust either offense. The only thing that scares me about the under a little bit is the offenses are so bad that maybe they turn it over and get some cheap points. But overall, I like the under here. Also, this season in conference play, the under or against FBS opponents, the under in Clemson games, six and one. I like Purdue plus seven and a half just because uh, this is a classic. I don't really trust Scott Frost as a favorite. Just give me Purdue plus seven and a half. <laughs> Uh, I've got my they fired their coach special of the week. Give me Oklahoma minus 19 and a half at home against Texas Tech. I, Oklahoma at home has been much stronger of a play. I yeah. still like them. I know Kansas, if you watch the game, they made one bad mistake early. But really what Kansas did was like Kansas just played like cowards. They just tried to hold the football the entire game. And that kept it fairly close. I still think Oklahoma is not as bad as, as maybe the overreaction was. Georgia minus 14 against Florida. As mentioned earlier with the stat about the, this is the biggest spread for Georgia. The last time they were even a 13 point favorite, they won 42 to seven, but also in games when favored by 10 to 14 points. So under two touchdowns, Georgia seven and two against the spread with an average coverage cover of 10 points. Kentucky, Mississippi State. Kentucky in SEC play. Six and one with the under. Mississippi State at home. The under also is six and one. This all dating back to last season. Give me under 47 in that. I mentioned it. I just feel like everyone thinks Auburn's going to win. So this is just kind of a a counterintuitive. Everyone's picking Auburn. Give me Ole Miss plus three and a half. Ohio State's playing. So therefore, I'm betting on Ohio State minus 18 and a half. Notre Dame minus three and a half. Again, as mentioned, they have won their last 35 straight as a favorite when it's been under a touchdown. They have covered by nearly two scores each and every time. I'm taking UCLA plus six and a half. It really simply boils down to me. Utah has not been all that great at stopping the run, and UCLA is really good at running the football. And then I'm also taking Fresno State plus one against San Diego State. It's my it's my Mountain West principal play, which is if one team has a better quarterback than the other, 
go ahead and just take that team. That's so that's the card for me. That's a good card. I really like it. And you know, the interesting thing is, you said the the over under on the Mississippi State Kentucky game was like forty six or something like that. Forty seven. Man, like when was the last time a Mike Leach coach team had an under that low? Like that's low for a Leach team, right? Uh, uh, it's pretty low, yes. Yeah, and then. You know, the perception of Kentucky, I know it's changed now, right? It's different. But think about it. You know, you have Leach uh, you know, in Kentucky, which you would think would score, but no, not that, not this year. Not with that team. Uh, I, I love that bet. I love it. A uh, few others of the five-star bets for those that are out there. I'm with RJ. I can't trust Clemson to cover. But right now, Clemson at minus uh, 9.5 on BetQL. It is a five-star bet. Buffalo. Minus 13 and a half, also a five-star bet. And Charlotte catching 18 and a half against Western Kentucky. That also a five-star bet. Western Kentucky doesn't really stop anyone, and Charlotte will at least keep trying. Will Healy is also the guy that uh, coaches till the final, uh, till the clock is triple zeros, if you will. You got to love that if you're a better. Absolutely. Uh, if, you, you if, at least, you may not win every bet, but you at least know he's trying. Yeah, absolutely. You at least know he's trying. You may not win them all, but that's all I can ask for uh, when it comes to, um, you know, when, when it comes to that. I'll tell you one thing that's kind of stood out to me this year real quick and it, when we're on some of these teams. Kansas is no longer an automatic bet. It's sad. I hate it's, that. I hate I that. Like, you know, they, they might cover the 30 this week. It wouldn't we surprise lost me Kansas, at all. We lost Kansas and UConn in the same year. Like, you can't do that to us. Like, you've got no. to take one. Like, you can't take both. No. It's terrible. Like, you had a, you had a guaranteed win every week. Just just bet against Kansas. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah. We have we Halloween. Exactly. We'll, listen, we'll find one. <laughs> Maybe it's Clemson. Uh, <laughs> we would have never thought of that. It is Halloween weekend. <laughs> RJ, there's rumors on the street that you had a Halloween candy fantasy draft and you just wiped the floor. Can you can you enlighten us on what did or did not transpire? Well, what transpired is I had the uh, overall number four, number one pick, uh, and I took the they were a lot they of were in a cat, yeah a lot of pressure. They were in categories: regular, fun size, king size. That's not candy, which is like religious mm. material, dental kits, miscellaneous, ah. and then you had to pick up, you had to get a bag. Some kind of way to carry your candy. Uh, but I, I went my first three picks. Regular Snickers, Kit Kat, uh, and peanut M&Ms. And quite frankly, I don't know how you beat that. Uh, and it was a snake draft, right? So I had back-to-back picks in the third, fourth, uh, second, and third round. Uh, but quite frankly, I don't know how you beat that top three. Especially with the second overall pick was a, uh, a Hershey's Cookies and Cream king-size bar. There was a king-size Milky Way thrown in there in the first round. I mean, just bad selections, reaches, massive reaches on some of these picks. Uh, do not mess with And I also got the pillowcase. You have to have the bag ah. in the pillowcase. Yeah. Now, everybody else got the little pumpkin. No, I got the pillowcase yeah. bag. No, no. Don't mess with me when it comes to Halloween candy. Yeah, you can be a volume shooter if you get the pillowcase, which is really, really important on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, Halloween is a volume sport. We're not looking for no rate stats at Halloween. We're looking for volume stats on Halloween. No question at all. We are here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturday, then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. RJ's got the first four hours. I've got the second four. It's all on BetQL, and it's all available on the Odyssey app. 
He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. This has been BetQLU.